Hey everybody, uh, Blake with Marvel.com here, and we have another special guest on the show today. Um, the actor is David Hofflin, who plays F. Scott Fitzgerald in the new Amazon Prime series, Z, The Beginning of Everything, also starring Christina Ricci, based kind of around David's uh, relationship, or should I say F. Scott's relationship with Zelda Fitzgerald. Um it's streaming now on Amazon Prime. Uh, we talked about the show uh, and even what superpower F. Scott Fitzgerald would have. So stay tuned. So I guess you've probably get, been getting this question a, a ton, but uh, what, what drew you to the role in the first place? Um, well, for me, I was, I was sort of like a late entrant in the whole thing. I mean, Christina, it was, this is Christina's baby. Um, and I was lucky enough just to get an audition for it. Um, it was that they actually had shot the pilot, right? And um, and then it was a recast for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I never asked because I didn't. I didn't want to screw up and make. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I don't know what happened. But um, were you the only one that was recast? Or yeah, um, yeah. That's got to be kind of interesting. I mean, in a yeah. It, it it was I guess but uh, but then at the same point um, it's not like they had been going on for a long time and I was joining a new a, a sort of like an established right um, cast of of people you know they would shot the pilot and then I think it was about a year until we started shooting the season so when we actually started reshooting it felt like it was a whole new uh, you know, animal anyway. So it, it wasn't as daunting as I guess it would have been if you were coming on to an existing, you know, set. Hmm. And um, did you, there's obviously so much subject matter on F. Scott Fitzgerald. Did you dive into that or you just stuck to the script or? Uh, a, a little bit of both. I mean, you know, you, there's only so many hours in the day where, where you can do some research and then also you have to work on the scripts that you've been given. Um, but I did have enough time to to read up on his novels from what he'd read at that time. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go too far into the future either oh, to preempt anything. So mm -hmm. it was just more so what what propelled him to uh, to where he got to was was the side of paradise. So I read this side of paradise, um, and I read. Other, other things that he'd written, small short stories and things like that, just to get an idea of of what he thought of himself and what he thought of... He always wrote about what he knew, so what he thought of the world around him, um, rather than reading up on opinions about F. Scott. Mm -hmm. And I, I was kind of fascinated. I asked the producers this too. Like, I knew who Zelda was a little bit, but I didn't know how fascinating of an individual that she was. Mm. Um, is, is that... I mean, were you aware of her much? Not at all. No, not at all. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, I think also growing up in, in the times that, that I did, um, the only Zelda that I knew about was The Legend the of video Zelda. video game. <laughs> which apparently is actually a, a, a connection because I, I don't know if this is right or not, but I heard that the creator for Legend of Zelda called it Zelda because of Zelda Fitzgerald, that he actually was quite fascinated by her. It makes sense. Yeah, so um, I... I and. You know, coming from Australia, we knew of F. Scott Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. but uh, 
but I don't think he had as much, well, definitely didn't have as much influence in Australia that he did in, in America. Um, and certainly his life was not as well documented. So his private life, I didn't know much about until, you know, this, this thing started. What do you think kind of kept her from being so far in the forefront, even from in America? Well, I mean, I guess at that time as well, it was the prolific writers of the age were male. Well, any anyone, you know, it was it was a heavily, it still is in a way, but it was a heavily male centric um, to be a writer, to be a respected writer. Mm. You kind of had to be male, you know, a, a novelist, and, and I think that's he played on on that as well because he uh, he used a lot of Zelda's stuff, but he knew that in order for them to garner as much success as possible, it would be under his name, uh, not hers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a sign of, not only is that a sign of his insecurity, but it's also a sign of the time that they were in. Um, certainly plagiarism is never anything to be proud of, um, but it was, it was a sign of the times of, of that's, the way that they could sustain the high life that they had. And, I mean, the relationship between you two is fascinating because there's, you know, there's obviously, I guess, is, I don't know if lo love is kind of the right, it could be lust, love, kind of, sl slash, plus there's also kind of almost even a business type relationship to them and there's also just all the negative stuff as well. Yeah, I, th I think it, it all goes hand in hand with a, with a passionate relationship. Um, they met, you know, we, we also have to understand that they were very young when they met. Mm -hmm. um, and so they have that young love, they have that passion that they, they went from, from being together to separated to getting married. And along with that, you have two people that have very strong ideas, very driven, they're very artistic, but along with that, they have both uh, addictive qualities so I don't know if you can have them mutually exclusive. I think it's very natural for a relationship then to go to very high highs and then very low lows, um, sort of like a roller coaster. Um, they were both very fiery people in their own right. I think that's what attracted F. Scott. Uh, what attracted F. Scott to Zelda in the first place was she was someone different. She wasn't the norm. Um, but then along with that trying to navigate those two personalities is proved to be pretty difficult. Mm. And I, I'm kind of curious, like, you know, F. Scott Fitzgerald, like we kind of mentioned, was kind of this larger-than-life author in America. In Australia, who would you kind of compare him to? I don't know if there, there is a comparison. I, I, you know, I must admit I'm not the most well-read person in the world, <laughs> uh, especially at that time. I mean, we, were, we read The Great Gatsby at school, You're like that's forced to read that exactly, and, yeah. and that's that's all we that's all really I knew about F. Scott. But the funny thing is, we read a lot of books at school, but everyone seems to remember the Great Gatsby. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you didn't pay much attention, you still remember the story. So I think there's something to be said about that. Um, uh, so he was prolific around the world, I would say, but but certainly America is which makes sense he's, he is american but america certainly has more of a he had more of an impact over here
And what was it like? I mean, costume-wise, I mean, that's probably one of the best eras for dress and, you know, glamour and things. What was it like being a part of that? Well, let me just say, I'm glad that the uh, stuff in Savannah where I was wearing the um, World War One uniform didn't last very long because <laughs> it was hot uh, out there and it was full wool suits. Um, when we moved to, to New York and started doing... You know, there's also there's there's stages of his success, and then things change. Obviously, your clothes change based on your success. So we went through this sort of thing from army to a little bit, you know, not that great, and then the three piece suits tailored. Uh, you know, it was pretty. It was pretty cool, except for those collars, those <laughs> paper collars that are just that's that's something that I'm glad they got rid of as time went by. But you know, I think with everything. Fashion is cyclical; it always comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in there that I wish I had in my wardrobe right now. You didn't get to keep anything. Couple of things, <laughs> but if it was up to me, I'd take a lot more. But you know, <laughs> that's good though. Most people, everyone I've ever interviewed hasn't gotten to keep something, so I guess you did something right. Yeah, or I did something illegal. I'm not <laughs> sure which is. Yeah, I'm not sure which one. Perhaps I shouldn't have said anything. No, I didn't get to keep a thing. That was the thing. That was terrible. <laughs> Um, so I got to ask, since uh, I always ask everyone this, and this can be more of a like a deeper question than it seems, oh, but, and this is a double-sided question, if you're, if, F, if Scott Fitzgerald has a superpower, what would it be and why? And then if you personally had one, because some people say invisibility, and that's really dark, and a lot of people just say flight to get the question over with. Yeah. So. Uh, no, I'm not, well, obviously I can't say those two now. You can flight. say. Flight. No, I'm just <laughs> Uh, okay, what superpower would he have? Um, I think he might have had, he might have wished for the power to read people's minds. He was very much, in my opinion, he was very much uh, guided by what people thought of him. So I think that would have been an interesting thing for him to have. For me, my superpower. Do I use it for good or evil? Um, oh, look. What would be a good superpower? The ability... <laughs> the ability to manifest anything I wanted at any time. What Is would that be a superpower? Your, yeah. What would be your... Th- what would you manifest? Well, I mean, if you had to Right pick, now? If one thing that you would manifest a lot, like... We've had somebody say that, and they said pizza was their, uh, their what they wanted to manifest. Well, I mean, right now, the first thing that came into my head, what I want to manifest right now, a unicorn. Why? <laughs> just because? I mean, imagine just like, there's a unicorn, by the way, in, in, in the room right now, there's a unicorn. The upkeep, though, is a little problematic. I didn't you know? say, I, they didn't say it was my <laughs> unicorn. It's leaving with you. I'm, giving, I'm gifting you my I, unicorn. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but well, for, for your answer for F. Scott, though, is that being guided by other that's got to be kind of a tortured that could be a torturous kind definitely. of definitely life uh, yeah but i think that's that's one of the reasons i think why i chose that because it is that morbid fascinate do you want to know what people think of do you really want to know what people think of you mm-hmm. but if you could would you you know it's it's it has it is a double-sided uh answer but i think that would be something that he would be a person that would read comments and read 
reviews on his book. And only taking the negative stuff. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a natural human thing, right? Uh, but he, I think he would definitely be, be in the, and get affected by what other people thought. Mm-hmm. So having that power to know what other people thought, even though it might be painful, I feel like he would be more interested in that than the power of flight. And uh, um, finally, the other thing that kind of fascinates me about him too is like he got, to an extent, pretty much the life a lot of people would want. But it seems like it wasn't. It, you know, the, it came with a lot of repercussions. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to be F. Scott Fitzgerald. You know, and I think that becomes that becomes more of a personal thing than than outside gains. Yeah. Uh, I think you know, with success comes a lot of stress, but at the end of it all, and I think that's what successful people always say, you know, they always say, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. And then people that don't have money go like, yeah, well, you can say that now because you have money. Hmm. And I do believe that money makes life happier. It makes life easier. It doesn't buy happiness, but it can relieve a lot of stress. But at the end of it all, if you have emotional baggage, it doesn't matter how successful you are, you're still going to probably have to deal with that at some stage and I think that's what he he had he had a lot of emotional baggage he had a lot of insecurities um, and that sometimes the success is exacerbates that mm-hmm. um, so I don't think I think he was always going to struggle if he if he didn't make it on a on a um, professional level he would have struggled uh, with that but having made that it was the struggle to maintain that. It was a struggle to be the best. I don't know if he was ever really... I don't know if he was ever really happy. If he ever sat down and went, okay, I've achieved that now, what else? Mm-hmm. Well, this was awesome. Thanks so much for taking the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Cheers. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. That was the show. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to David for taking the time. Uh, make sure to watch Z, The Beginning of Everything on Amazon Prime now. This is Marvel, your universe.